car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. And welcome back to another episode. This week on our show, we're going to have Jim Shoemaker, ASC Certified Technician L1, and we're going to explain to you some car care questions you need to be asking your ASC Certified Technician, Blue Seal Shop, or your dealership so you can get the proper repair for your vehicle and keep that money in your wallet. And this week's tire tip, we're going to talk about the proper pressure in your vehicle's tires, especially this winter. It's extremely important. We're going to have our automotive history lesson on seatbelts this week. You know, people think this is a new idea, and it's not. They've been around for over a century, and pretty interesting topic. We're going to have Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, back, and he has another economically priced gadget for your vehicle. Our trouble service bulletins is going to be on Lexus vehicles and Nissan this week, so stay tuned for that. And our email is from George from Minnesota. George, it's kind of cold up there, and he has a question regarding the heater on his car. Of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Continental Tires, Continental Tires. If you're in need of sneakers for your car this winter, ask for Continental by name. And of course, we have Jasper Engines and Transmissions. 100% associate-owned. If you're in need of an engine or transmission, ask for Jasper. Good quality product. So let's start this week's show by talking with Jim Shoemaker, ASC Certified Technician L1, just like me. We're going to go over pointers, not only to protect your vehicle, but to protect your wallet. Now, unfortunately, there are a couple of unscrupulous shops out there. We want you to understand what questions need to be asked regarding proper car repair for your vehicle. Our whole mission here is to make you a savvy car care consumer. So get your pen handy so you can take some notes. Let's give Jim a call and save you some money. Hey, Jim, it's Pam. How you doing? Hi, Pam. How are you? Good. You know, we've been talking there at this shop. I thought this would be a very interesting topic for our listeners. The consumer really doesn't know what questions to ask oh, their service visor. And we had one in the other day. They had a uh, foreign car, an Asian car, and their question was, do I need all this work? He got this grocery list from this other shop. You know, it's pretty blatant. Some of it was add-ons. I explained to him that, you know, you have to ask. And the first question is why. Why do I need this repair? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, And and the the thing that that I always want to stress to the customer is is it's important for them to know exactly what you're doing to their car. And most people don't have, you know, that type of knowledge about their vehicle. So it's very important to build a relationship with your service rider to, to have him show you or, you know, any time that I get the chance to take the customer out to their car, I really like that because I can actually, you know, point and, and explain exactly what's going on. Yeah, you're right because a visual, it's like a thousand words, like a picture is worth well, a thousand exactly. words. Exactly, and you can actually see how it works and how it goes together. 
and what all's involved in it, and and talk to the to the service writer and have him explain to you how important it is and how you know because some items they can wait a little while, but sometimes it's it's imperative that you have that fixed immediately before it does more damage. Right. You know, another thing too is if you have a grocery list of things that actually need to be done, have your uh, service writers itemize them in order of importance. Yeah, prioritize, and that way you can, because, you know, car repair can get very expensive, especially if, if you haven't had any maintenance done to your vehicle, and sometimes you can actually schedule it over a period of time where you don't have to absorb that cost all at one time. Exactly. You, you know, the other thing, too, is getting a second opinion. Uh, exactly, and I do believe that a second opinion is very important. Uh, most people go into a shop, and they whatever whatever they tell them, they just they believe that's that's the bottom line. But not always. Sometimes you can actually uh, uh, wait on some things, or some things are not that important. And also, you know as well as I do, there's garages out there that, that are trying to sell things that you really don't need. Well, how many times have we heard from other techs at other shops, you know, because we all talk, that they have quotas at some of the... Oh, how, uh, yeah. How mm-hmm. true, how true. And, and, and not only that, but it also directly affects their paycheck because uh, technicians do work off a commission, and there's, you know, it's, it's even hard for... That's, that's where you need a good service rider because the service rider needs to be able to recognize does that car need it or not. Right, but, you know, you got to keep in mind, too, that most service writers nowadays, they're on commission as well, so. Well, that's true. You know, you, Not here. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. But, you know, like I said, most, but they have to keep in mind that, you know, the technician's on commission and the service writer's on commission, so that's why that second opinion. Yeah, and especially so the, the large um, uh, corporate organized people like that, they're real prone to... Uh, to try to sell things that you really don't need. And that's the reason why a second opinion is so important. Mm-hmm. And also, when you have your when you ha- come to pick up your vehicle after the repair is done, uh, ask to see the old parts. Um, ask for the, the the service rider to explain to you what the part does and what why it had to be replaced. You know, it's interesting you said that because a couple of days ago we had somebody, and I always ask, do you want to see your old parts? You know, I don't wait for them. I I want to explain them that I want to do the show and tell. And she actually, she says, well, I don't know what I'm looking at, but yeah, I'd like to see it. And I actually would, I marked, it was uh, ignition parts, you know, spark plugs, a coil, so on and so forth. And I actually marked a show where the fault was. And then I kind of, <laughs> I kind of assembled it there so she could see what it actually looks like in the car. Well, sure. And even, even sometimes you can take them out and show it to them on the car. Um, you can't do that on all things, but be very aware of a garage that will not will not take that time and actually save the old parts and show them to you. Oh, yeah, and you know the other thing, they sit there and say, oh, well, our insurance won't allow people out in the shop. No, 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 no. If, yeah, that's, no. that's, that's no. just another way of hiding things. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, we try to be as open and, and honest. That way you can tell... Uh, that this is that we're not trying to sell you anything that you don't need, right. and that's so important, and that builds a trust with your customer, and your customer can actually rely on what you're saying. Yeah, I know. Well, we have that sign that nobody's allowed in the shop, but I do that because I can't tell you how many occasions that we've had a retired technician. We're trying to show him something. You know, he starts poking around where he's not supposed to be, and it's not the cars. 
that well, they were 10, 15 years ago, and it, we don't want them to get hurt. And you definitely don't want customers just walking around in the shop because it is a safety uh, issue. Right. Uh, but as long as you're accompanied with a, with a service technician or, or, or a technician that can actually explain to them and guide them and show them what they're doing, uh, on their car, I see no. You know, there should be no issue with that. Yeah, it's just just safety on you know for their behalf. Because exactly. How many times have you and I gotten hit by objects flying off oh. of cars? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that hurts. Trip, trip over something that you, that you, <laughs> yeah that you miss. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's very important that the customer be as knowledgeable as possible about what they're doing to their car, so you can be a, a smart consumer and not be buying things that you truly don't need. Exactly. You know, they have to ask, you know, not only why, but how. How is this going to affect my car, and how is it going to affect my wallet? Well, exactly. What, 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 is, what does this do, and how important is it, and, and how, long can I, how, long, how long can I get by without having it replaced? You know, those are important questions, and those are, those are questions that can save you money in the long run. That's true. Very true. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you for taking the well, time out. I know you're you busy. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Okay, looking forward. Take care. Uh-huh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So let's get on to this week's tire tip. We want to ensure that you never, ever exceed the maximum tire pressure that's on the sidewall of your tire. You know, just because there's a number on the tire does not mean that that's what your vehicle requires. I've seen some circumstances that individuals had just guessed and they were eyeballing it where a vehicle would require 30 PSI, pressure per square inch. We've seen them up to 50 or 60 in one case. You're just asking for problems, tire wear, braking ability, and steering. Let's educate you on what that number means on the sidewall of the tire. When you look at the tire, I'll say maximum pressure of that tire. And that means that for all the vehicles that tire size fits on, that is the maximum amount of air that you ever, 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 ever want to put in that tire. I'll give you an example. On one specific vehicle, the tire pressure on the inside of the door jam, remember that's where you find it, on the inside of the door, it says 30 PSI in the front, 30 PSI in the back. That means you only put 30 PSI in that tire. Nothing more, nothing less. We want it at 30, and that's why you check them once a month, too, to maintain that level. Don't rely upon the air pumps at the gas stations where you sit there and you put a quarter in or 50 cents in and you fill her up. Get a tire gauge. Not a cheap one, but not too expensive, but get a tire gauge. Check your tire pressure once a month. That's the whole key. You keep the proper amount of air in your tire, and that ensures your maximum miles per gallon MPG, your braking ability, your steering ability, and the longevity of that specific tire. Remember, don't guess. Never exceed the maximum tire pressure and print it on the tire sidewall. Go off of the sticker in your door jam and check them once a month. And if you're unable to check it yourself, go over to your ASC Blue Seal shop. Have your ASC certified technician check them. This is a free service. If not, you need to find another shop. Remember, just good old-fashioned air. Put it in your tires once a month. You'll be fine. And if you're just tuning in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. On this week's show, we're talking to Jimmy Shoemaker regarding car care questions for you and your technician to go over. Our tire tip of the week is what that little number on the side of the tire really represents. We have our automotive history on seatbelts, P 
Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, will be back. And next, we're going to be talking about our trouble service bulletins with Nissan and Lexus. So let's change things around here and let's do our automotive history lesson for this week. Uh, this week, actually, we're going to be talking about seatbelts. Oh, how we love the seatbelts in the winter, trying to get around our cumbersome coats. And, you know, sometimes we think, geez, is this worth it? Uh, yes, it is. And not only is it worth it saving your life and those of others, but it's mandatory in most states. And the seatbelt law is enforced. I know the state I'm in, it's heavily enforced. So please, especially this holiday season, keep your seatbelt on, coat and all we want you around for the next episode of Car Care for the Clueless. So please wear that seatbelt. So let's get back on topic. Actually, seatbelts were invented in the 19th century. Here in the States, they were actually used not for cars, but they were used to keep painters and firefighters and window cleaners in their place while they're being raised up or lowered from a building, you know, to help individuals escape a fire, paint the building, to wash the windows. They wanted to keep that individual in place, and uh, it worked. So from that point on, it went from the firefighters and the painters and the window washers over to the airplanes in World War I. They actually would buckle themselves in so while they were doing these dogfight maneuvers that they wouldn't fall out of the plane. Actually, the seatbelt didn't become mandatory until World War II for our military, which is kind of bizarre, but that's how they worked it. And of course, pilots ever since have been buckled in, just like the rest of us on commercial flights. But it wasn't until the mid-40s where a neurologist from California kept on noticing all these head injuries coming in to their emergency room. And it was from individuals flying around the inside of the cab of cars during an accident. He uh, got together with another engineer and they developed the lap belt that we know of today in the cars. And everybody thinks that it was either Volvo or Saab who actually invented the seatbelt. No, it was here in the good old USA. Nash and Ford, back in the mid-50s, were the first ones to offer a seatbelt in the car to keep you in place. But it wasn't until 1959 that Congress said, well, you know, this is a good idea and it appears that it's working, so we're going to make everybody install seatbelts in the car. Now, getting back to the European application, like I said, Saab and Volvo, they actually need to take credit for the seatbelts that we have today. The ones that go across the lap and across the shoulder, they're the ones that started putting it in their cars in the late 50s. They invented the two-way seatbelt, which is what they call it, where it goes across the lap and the shoulder. It's been an ongoing thing. It's saved hundreds and thousands of lives and it keeps you in place which is what it's supposed to do furthermore getting back to this mandatory seatbelt law we're not the first ones to do that here in the u.s actually back in the early 70s australia was the first one to have a mandatory seatbelt law so we're just taking suit from them and it's a great idea Wear your seatbelt i know sometimes it's a pain in the butt no pun intended but wear it you know, you always can get something pressed or what have you. Just wear the seatbelt. That's what it's there for. It's to save your life. It's to save passengers' lives. It's to help you, in case you do get in an accident, escape injury. So that's 
this week's automotive history lesson on seatbelts. So let's get on with the show and give Peter Sudak a call, our gadget guru. He's got an interesting gadget. And actually, for the up-and-coming holiday season, something we can stuff in a stocking. So let's give Peter a call. Hey, Peter, this is Pam. How are you doing? Hi, Pam. How are you today? Good. Well, you know, the holiday season's kicked in. They had Black Friday, and everybody's looking for something to stick in the stockings. What may you have for us this week? Well, I got... Found a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the later model cars that already have the tire pressure sensors in there. You know to monitor tire air pressure. Right. You know in case there's yeah, a TPMS. Problem, we'll, right. The tire pressure monitor system. Mm-hmm. It's already incorporated into the car. But for the people who don't, the older model cars, uh, this is a gadget that is just for you. Well, what it is is there's four tire pressure sensors. Mm-hmm. That's screw on to the end of the valve stem. Okay. And then there's a monitor that you can mount on the dash of the car or, you know, whatnot. I think it works on a, su- a suction cup aspect. You don't have to drill any holes or anything. Okay, like a um, GPS or something. Yeah, like okay. a, it sets up like a GPS. Mm-hmm. And what it does is these little sensors that are at the end of the valve stem actually send a signal to the vehicle and let you know what the air pressure is of each tire instead of the computerized version that we have nowadays. This is an aftermarket for the people who don't have one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so you can keep an eye on your air pressure as you're driving along as well. Um, as far as I understand, I've, I've dealt with these before, and they are pretty accurate. Wow. Well, that is good because, you know, especially in the winter months, the last thing we want to do is uh stay outside longer than normal and check the air pressure in our tires. In fact, a lot of people just won't, and that's when they have problems. So that's this right. is a perfect solution for it. This will work good for cars. Um, I have seen them used on very, very, very small RVs, like, you know, Ford van, conversion vans are just oh, like a, a little model. bit bigger mm-hmm. with the dual rear wheels on there, and that's especially important because you don't want to be stuck with that rear tire getting flat, and then with that all that weight on there, then you're, you end up passively blowing the tire out, then you're really going to be stuck because it's, it's hard to change those tires yeah, the inner, on the road. Yeah, the inner definitely. tire in a dually, forget it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nasty. It'll work on basically any car or truck that doesn't have already have the system in the car already. It'll work on anything. Basically. So it sounds like it's pretty simple for the consumer to install. Oh, it's real, real basic, yeah. Just uh, replace the... Uh, if I understand right, replace the valve stem cap. Yeah, that's the little all cap it goes over valve... where you put the air in, and right, take the valve stem cap off and just screw it on to the end of the valve stem. That's it. Something you can do in your driveway. Yeah, good deal. Very simple. Um, how much do these things go for? Uh, they run about 150 bucks, and you can get them online. And uh, I think it, for some cars, and they're not big and bulky. They're not a huge eyesore or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Units on the end of the tires are fairly small so it's not like a real eyesore it's not going to look real ugly or anything these people worried you know some people worry about the looks on how it's going to look and i think it would be perfectly sufficient so that way you can monitor the tires yourself and you know obviously you still got to you know make sure their pressure is up once right. a month. but other than that yeah. you can keep a monitor on it in case you start running into a problem you can catch it ahead of time good deal that is great 
Great idea. You know, I want to remind our listeners that in a couple of weeks here that you and I are going to be getting together to uh, recommend other things for your vehicle, for your loved ones, or relatives, friends, uh, for stocking stuffers or little gifts that are economically priced and See if we can find something for the individual that evidently has everything but. Well, thank you, Peter. Okay, thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So let's continue on with our show, and we're at the point in our program. We're going to be discussing our trouble service bulletins on Lexus and Nissan. Let's start with our Lexus trouble service bulletin. This is not a recall, but a bulletin, and it's regarding all their RX 300 series, the 350, the 400, the 450. All these SUVs, the rear hatch is making noise, and Lexus has a fix for this. And the service bulletin number is L is in Lexus, S is in Sam, B is in Baker, 0031-10, Again, it's LSB0031-10, and Lexus wants to fix this issue with owners complaining about the back power door making a popping or creaking noise when the door is opening or closing, the rear hatch door. They have an improved motor for this. If you are still under your Lexus warranty, the 50,000 mile or 48 months, whatever occurs first, of course, they are doing this for free. If unfortunately you're past that point, you can get a hold of your ASC certified technician at your Blue Seal shop or the dealership and they can take care of this for you. Again, this is for the Lexus RX series, the 350, the 400, 400H, 450. They have a fix for that creaking door in the back. So let's continue on and we're going to talk about the Nissans. Nissan Murano's, the LEs, there's a bulletin number, Nancy Tom Baker, 03074, E is an echo. Again, it's NTB, 03074E. This is regarding to the exterior lamps fogging up. And on the Nissan lamps on these Muranos, they're not sealed because they want to get some atmospheric air in there for expansion and contraction, depending upon if you're in the blazing heat or the cold depths of winter. Some of the fogging, they say, is allowed, but they do have abnormal conditions in some of these lamps, and they want you to see if you can actually see water puddling in the exterior lamp housing itself. If you see this puddling, then we highly recommend you give your Nissan dealership a call, your local Nissan dealership, for the Nissan Murano's exterior lamps. And that's this week's Trouble Service Bulletins. And you know how we always like to save the best for the last, and the best are the listeners who ask us questions. And this week's question is from George from Minnesota. Well, it's pretty cold up there right now, isn't it, George? Actually, his question is regarding the climate control head on his car. Climate control head is how you control the heat and the AC flow through your car. Right there in the dash, either above or below the radio, he didn't specify what type of vehicle he had. But he wanted to know if he should keep the fresh air open or keep it on recirculation while using the heat. Well, this is going to be a comfort factor because remember, 
That has nothing to do with AC at this point. The AC is off. And what he's referring to is the blend air doors. Underneath your dash, you have these little doors that open and close depending upon if you want outside air or if you want to recirculate the interior air that you have at the time. If it's midsummer, you want that door closed. You want it on recirculation for that AC to keep it really good and cold. Well, the same works true with your heater. You want that blend air door closed. You want it in the recirculation mode to get that optimum heat in that car. And if it gets a little too warm, you can either open it up to the fresh air, which will show that where it's going through the vents, which would be normal condition. Your other option, you can actually turn that temp from all the way blazing heat maybe to the middle of the dial where you can see the red and the blue kind of mixed together right there on that potentiometer, that little dial you have right there on your climate control head. So, you know, it's up to you. And remember, the driver is the most important person in that vehicle when it comes to comfort. He has a lot going on and he needs to make sure that he's comfortable. The passengers complain they're a little too warm or a little too cool. You know, they can shed a sweater or they can button that jacket up. But remember, it's all up to the driver. He needs to be comfortable. So I hope I answered that. You know, you have several options which you can use. None of them are wrong. It's going to be what's right for you, George, the driver. And thank you again for tuning in to Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. I want to thank Jim Shoemaker, ASEL1 technician, for talking about car care with us. And of course, our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, back with uh, another gadget for your car, which would really help a lot of people out this winter. You don't have to go out so often to check your tires. And that's a good price for that gadget too, Peter. Also, I'd like to thank George from Minnesota. I hope he keeps good and warm up there. And thank you to our sponsors, Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. If you're in need of an engine or transmission, ask for Jasper by name. And let's not forget Continental Tires. Continental Tires, if you're in need of tires for this snowy season... Ask for Continental. I have them on my car, my relatives' cars. I love my Continental tires. And remember, the whole premise to the show is to make you an informed, savvy car care consumer. And until next week, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.